gave room for the Holy Ghost to work and to minister. This is the purpose of church. We come together as a body, all going through battles and fights and struggles. But when we come together, it's like this. This is what happens in the body, Brother Roger. The church is the body of Christ. But see, here's what happens when we worship together. Things begin to flow. In the natural body, you may have conquered chickenpox or some sickness. Your body has built up antibodies that now you can't get that no more. But here's the thing. I don't have that. When we come together as a body, things that you've been through, that I'm going through, begin to flow from you to me. See, this is why we need each other. Because, Sister Claudia, there's things you've been through I ain't never been through. But there's things I've been through you. But when we worship together, what I've been through begins to flow to you. And you get strength and healing. And what you've been through begins to flow. And it goes to Brother Wade and it begins to heal. And Brother Wade, well you, and it begins to go to Brother McNair and it begins to flow to him. I want to paint a picture. This is what the church is all about. It's not running real quickly and I hurry up and get. He said, I just stop, Brother Wade, and just let the Holy Ghost through my worship do whatever he wants to do. Are you thankful that God showed up tonight? Why don't you lift your hands just one more time and thank him for his presence that is here. Come on, be, be honest. God, I'm so thankful tonight that you would come. I know you don't exist in time like we do, but I'm thankful that you come tonight and you manifested yourself to us as a church family who needs it so, so much. God bless you. You've been standing a while. You may be seated. There is such a lack of better words, heaviness that has been ever present on the church of recent. And uh, I, I want to carefully choose my words because I don't want to keep blaming it on some event or some uh, pandemic or political agenda but it's just the time we're in that has brought about such a oppression that wants to rob the people of God of their joy their, their excitement of living for God. But yet, I've, I've pondered, Brother Sean, how these things are coming. And you can't really put your finger on it. I can't just say, there's some things I can, but then there's some things I can't explain out of nowhere where this thing comes and you just kind of feel 
like this. Does that make sense? But I think about the early church and the persecution they went through and, and the constant fear they must have lived in of not knowing if they were going to be the next one drugged to a, a cross or drugged to a, a torturous coliseum and, and there. And, but yet the Bible clearly says that those people remembered the price that Christ paid and that alone was enough for them to be willing to go through anything because of the price that he paid. You know, we want to make it fancy and I, I love great revelations and nuggets in the scripture. But you know what? It really goes back to Calvary. And if I can keep a vivid picture of Calvary. See, that's what the early church had, Brother Fontenot. The early church had a vivid memory and a picture. They were there. They saw what he went through. They were part of that. The early fathers and disciples that lived and then passed that on to others. And because they had that picture of Calvary so vivid in their mind, it was, it was the component. But what do I do today? I wasn't there. I wasn't at Calvary. I didn't see the price that he paid or the, the pain that was in his eyes that would cause me to turn away and do what I know is right to do. I believe in this end time hour and the closer it gets to the coming of the Lord, that's going to be the abounding grace that's going to come to the church again. There's going to come a fresh revelation and understanding of what Calvary is, but yet better than even that, that if I go to Calvary, there's a resurrection coming, not just in my situation, but I'm going to resurrect in the end. And well. I thank the Lord. I want to say tonight, thank you to all the, the ladies and all the workers and all the whoever cooked. I don't know if men were involved. If they were, let the, the net be cast. All that work today uh, for the, the preparation of food, thank you for what you, you did for the family and uh, representing uh, us uh, so well as you always have done. I just take note of it and just... I want you to know that I appreciate what you do and your work doesn't go, it doesn't go unnoticed. I'm going to, tonight, um, it's everything's connected and I'm going to try my best to explain it and connect it to you, what I was feeling. I told Sister Debbie today, um, I'm just going to have to get some that just stay right here because I, I get off on a track. Uh, today, I, I was so stirred uh, and yesterday and trying to find the, the mind of the Lord and um, James, obviously, I'm, I'm still working on him, and he's working on me. And, uh, but where I took off a couple Wednesday nights ago, and uh, it, I was going in that direction, then I felt the Lord early this morning, uh, this again tying together uh, with it before I get into the depth that I'm feeling to go into in the Holy Ghost uh, with, with what I stopped with James, and uh, we were talking about hair, and uh, order and uh, men and women created in the image of God and image of man and I'm going to get into that uh, but tonight I, I want us to look at I want us to look at this foundational truth before I get into that if you got your Bibles I'm gonna, you don't have to stand you've been standing a while and I'm going to read several scriptures but I'm going to be reading uh, out of Deuteronomy chapter 19 and uh, verse 14 um, 
Also, I want to say this. Uh, this is another component. Next week, uh, I, I mentioned this to you before. Uh, every year, uh, Apostolic Conference in Madison, Mississippi. Uh, I know many times we talk, you hear a preacher say conference. Uh, people think it's a party. Well, this isn't a conference I'm going to to get something. I'm going to work uh, in this, this meeting. We, I'm going to leave Monday of next week. I'll be gone until uh, I come home Friday. And that's actually the work. We're going to be trying to raise the budget uh, for it. Uh, even with COVID, we still got, I think, close to 80-something home missionaries uh, that they're bringing in. It's a home missionary uh, conference that's built or designed. Uh, the Dillons, who you know was here for our watch night service, Brother Dillon, uh, he pays for all of their expenses, airfare, uh, hotel, food, and basically for them to just sit and get ministered to and preached to. And he covers all those expenses. Well, me and other men for the last probably 10 years have been going in and uh, raising the budget or trying to raise the money uh, to cover those expenses. And then the conference is the following week, Monday again through uh, Friday night. So for two weeks, I'm going to be going during the weekday over there trying to to raise raise the money for it and and I, I think he uh, my boy even managed to to swing work and we're going to put him to work uh, in the office and helping us uh, do that so uh, next week's going to be a eventful week for us trying to get it ready so I'm I'm telling you all that because I'm asking for your prayers pray for us and pray that this the people of God are touched and that they're not just there to hear some fancy preaching but they leave that they can go back and turn their cities right side up and have revival. Hey, the sooner they get back and the sooner they have revival, the sooner we get to go home. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 14. Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Now, I'm going to go kind of back and forth, Brother Ron. I'll try to give you the, the scriptures uh, in advance or ahead of time before I jump to them. Uh, but this one here, he said, Thou shalt not remove the neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth. He's saying there's a landmark put in place, but it's about the inheritance. Okay? Now we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 2. Brother Ron, Hebrews chapter 2. And starting with verse 1. Hebrews 2. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, recompense is payback, a just payback, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Verse 1, translation says it like this. It's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so we don't drift off. 
if the old message delivered by the angels was valid and nobody got away with anything? Do you think we can re risk neglecting this message and this wonderful salvation? One translation I just read you, another one is talking about this. Now tonight, we're just, this is just going to be Bible study again. Okay, I'm not going to hopefully rear back and preach, but let's just talk about it. The Hebrews, or the book of Hebrews, I see a lot of you snickering. You just, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> the book of Hebrews, they commonly, a lot have said Paul has wrote it. They, they don't know that for sure. They don't know the writer. This is what we do know about the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews was written to a second generation group of apostolics. It was that second generation that came up and the writer of Hebrews is pulling from uh, the, the Septuagint, uh, the Greek translation, which again, when you begin to study that and translating it back to the Hebrew, this is what the original, original says. Don't let this gospel, this truth slip away. The word slip away is referring to the moorings of a boat and a rope that ties it down and holds it. And what the original writer is trying to convey in the original Hebrew, not Greek, he's saying this truth has come to your hearing, but you've got to do everything in your power to tie this down lest this ship slip out of the harbor. You've got to do everything in your ability that when you hear it, that you do whatever you must do, can do, find to do, that I don't forget. Because remember, he's speaking to a second generation apostolics. He's got a group of people that are coming up now. They weren't there for Calvary. Funny how I started this service. They weren't there to see the Calvary. This is the second generation now that's, that's coming up and the writer of Hebrews is trying to tell them this is so important. And he refers to the angels. And even them in the beginning saw and looked, wanted to look into what was going to be revealed. But it had not been revealed. And they slip. If angels fell around the glory of God, what makes you and I think that we can't fall or slip in a service like tonight? And the writer's trying to show us and tell us in such an emphatic voice and tense, tie this down. Because there's a reason. I wanted to title this. It's still James and all together. I'm still on that last verse of James where he talked about the image. Because he's dealing with how you and I are to become in the image of God. How man is to become the image of God. Or how I'm to develop in the image of God. Is that I'll hear these words in the word of God. And I do everything in my power, Brother Bushnell, to not just hear it, but I'm going to... Doesn't that sound a little familiar? James chapter 2. This is Hebrews. Do you see how all of this so ties together? And it's not just... So the title I would use tonight would be, It's There for a Reason. 
It's there for a reason. The landmarks are there for a reason. The receiving of the Holy Ghost is in the Word of God for a reason. Being baptized in Jesus' name is in there for a reason. Hair is in there for a reason. Separation is in there for a reason. And if it's in there for the reason, I better do everything in my power to grab that rope and tie down my family or I'm going to lose my family. We're going to lose our church. We're going to lose our community. But to that church and that family, oh, there it is. That'll tie this down and say, uh-uh, I'm not going to lose what God blessed me to hear. I'm going to tie it down at whatever the cost. You'll see the blessing of God flow to you. I tried. No. Something just wells up in my spirit. Because Brother Darrell, when I read that, he starts talking about it. He said the next verse, I think it is, he, the translation for a tra the word transgression is to side around. That's what it means. That next one, transgression, it means to side or to step around it. He's saying the word has come. Truth has come. And there it is as a landmark in front of you. And here's what I, nah, I'm going to slide around that one. Folks, we wonder why we're losing what we're losing. It's not because the truth is at a void or a deficit. It's that you and I got to realize, I've got to show the world, this is the best thing going since sliced bread. Since I've been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in his name, it's never been better for me now. That's not a lie. That's the truth. He said, you can't sidestep. So many in this hour, young people hear me, young couples hear me. You know, the older ones, I think, pretty much got it and firm, I know. But our, our, there's such a war for our young people and young couples to get them to just step around it. And it, what it is, Brother Darrell, we're afraid to answer the questions. When if God put it there, there's a reason it's there. He didn't put it there because God was lost for words. He put it there because it's an element to me becoming and being in the image of God that I need to be. Everything you and I read in this book is nothing more than the instruction plan that if I read it and I digest it and I begin to exemplify, what are they going to see? They're not going to see Scott. He's going to get less and less. What are they going to see, Indian Village? No, we're going to get less and less. And when people walk in the back door, they're going to see the image of God. They're going to see a Christ crucified, but they're going to see a risen Savior that tells them you can be delivered of drugs. You can be delivered of alcohol. You can live a life free of hopelessness and depression. If it's in there, it's in there for a reason. Welcome to Wednesday night Bible study. Brother Ron, Proverbs 23, Travis, grab a pen. You can write it maybe a little faster for him while he's looking. Proverbs 23 and 10. Proverbs 23, 10. Job 24, 2. Hosea 5, 10. Judges 2, 9. Isaiah 57 and 1. Brother Ron, let's start with Proverbs 23 and 10. 
Remove not the old landmarks and enter not into the field of the fatherless. Here's what these landmarks are meaning. I, I'll give you the exact definition. That way you, you can believe I studied real hard because I wrote it down. Landmark definition, boundary by command. It's not something that was optional. It was not something that you had. A, the purpose of a landmark in the Old Testament was they received their land, Brother Darrell. They received a parcel. Each tribe got their parcel of land. And then each family had an allotment of that parcel. But each family, the Smiths, the Robinsons, the Bergnags, every whatever their names were, had to put a landmark marking the line. The landmark was strategically placed that it showed where the line was, Brother Keith, of this is my property and this is your property. You say, well, I know that now. I got the same lines on my property. It's the same principle. But the difference is God said, this is your landmark. This is your, pro this is your inheritance. See, landmarks are connected to the next generation. Somebody say with me. It's connected. So Sister Michelle, Brother Roger, how in the world am I going to make sure that those babies get the inheritance you got? You put the landmark there, and every time you're walking around the property, you say, hey, baby, let me tell you what it's like to pray in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what it's like when God filled me. Let me tell you about hero Israel, the Lord our God's one Lord. Let me tell you about what it's like to be separated from the world. Hey, I know it's going to be rough in that world, baby, but you remember there's safety on our property. There's safety within the bounds of the landmark. There's peace within the bounds of the property. Oh, wow. Oh, they can go the way of the world as much as they want but the church and you and I brother Charlie have done realized the greatest place for the peace is within the lines and we got everybody wanting to push the lines see I'm still going to get on hair it don't really matter. Uh, one, two, brother Wade, I'm counting again. We want to push those lines and say, it don't really matter. See, these are landmarks. Landmarks that God put in his word. And it marks the inheritance. That's why the writer of Hebrews is trying to reach for a second generation and he's trying to use the same terminology saying, don't let this slip by. Don't lose what all this is meaning. I'm telling you, there's what makes, think about it, folks. Let me just calm down. Why do we shout? Somewhere in me and your brain, in the, in the neurons and the axons and all the little fiery things happening in our brain, somewhere in there, the thought comes across that psychoplasm. Y'all thinking I'm smart. I'm going to blow y'all away. The name of Jesus enters your brain. 
It enters your mind. I, I might not feel nothing. But I'm going to lift my hand. Jesus in your name. And something in your mind begins to move. What are you doing? I'm remembering. I'm, 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 I'm marking the landmarks in my life. And what I'm doing is, is bringing the peace of God where I am. And I'm ensuring my inheritance for the next generation. That's why you show me a praising church today. I'll show you a church that the next generation will still be living for God. You show me a red hot apostolic church praising and worshiping God and living faithfully and serving and doing all the components of apostolic ministry. You show, I'll show you a next generation that you ain't got to beg them to come to church. They'll be here because they're, why do you think these young people are here right now? They ain't here to hear a fancy preaching. They can get that on the internet. They're here because they're hungry. They're here because they felt something in some of you and some of me. They felt something different. They never, you know what they felt? They felt a landmark. They felt safety. They felt the peace of God. It's in there for a reason. And some of these so-called relevant liberators that said none of this matters. Young people, young couples, it matters. It didn't matter. He wouldn't have put it on the pages of that book. And as long as it's in the pages of that book, Brother Fontenot, I'm going to preach it till my tonsils fall out. And I'm not just going to preach it, but I'm going to live it till my body wears out. And I ain't just going to live it. I'm going to exemplify it everywhere I go that the name of Jesus is a landmark. Go, I tell you what, give me Judges 2 and 9. Let's do that one first. Judges 2 and 9. The landmark, it was a line. Now, watch. You got these fellas that they decided they would bury him in the border of the inheritance. When I saw this, Sister Gail, my mind just got to whirling. See, here's what they were doing. We're going to push it to the far extreme of the line. We, we don't want it in the center where it's red hot. We, we, we want to push things to the furthest extreme because here's the facts, Brother Charlie. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to deal with Things that I know I need to deal with in me. We're good at dealing with everybody else and their problems, but I don't want to deal with mine because mine's got the stench of death. It just don't smell good. It ain't because I ain't bathed. I just don't smell good. When I look at myself, I see things about myself, Sister Becky, that utterly despise myself. You say, well, man, you just hating on yourself. No, 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 no. I'm hating on the things in me that stop me from becoming in the image of Christ. 
Brother Joe, that's the reason we're here. We're not here to make our own image. I'm not here to be a, a televangelist. That ain't what it's got anything to do with. If I can't exemplify the image of Christ, then we have ceased being the church. And I know I'm preaching to a church that's got holiness and these things and the doctrine. Just hear me. Let me preach it because it's got to be tied down for somebody, some young person, some young couple tonight. Because if not, if they don't understand this, when we start getting into the things, the lines, they get real blurry when you're looking at it from the spirit of car or a mindset of carnality. But if I can look at it from the benefit of the mindset, it's a benefit, Sister Claudia. God's not trying to put a bunch of rules and regulations on you and I. He's not trying to make life hard. That's why people say, man, if I could just do this and this, we're, we're looking at it from the wrong angle. I am blessed that he would ever call me out to be separate because that means he's got something for me that he's not. He's doing something in me and my family that might not be done. They were on the border. They were at the far extreme. Remember this line where these landmarks are. It was a command for them to never be removed. Never. There was no negotiating, brother. I know there was no, brother. We couldn't bring a council together. That's where they got in trouble. Somebody read between the lines. Council Nicaea 325. They got together to begin to counsel things that were supposed to never be moved. And because they started moving some things, Sister Debbie, and sliding around it and saying, no, that's not for today. Answer this question with me. How many people could have been saved and not lost? that has heard this message if the landmarks would have been forever declared. You say, Benoit, man, all you, talk about how I can get over my valley. Talk about how, yeah, it's through the landmarks. Because when I get down and I realize I don't know how I'm going to make it through it, Dad, I begin to remember all the things my grandfather went through. See, I'm that next, you're the next generation, and then I'm coming up. I'm that third generation. And I begin to remember what he went through and what got him through. He began to declare the name. He began to praise God. He stayed faithful. With, like Sister Alma, she never, she never backed up. She never slowed down. 80-something years old, and she kept on trucking. Why? Because there were landmarks as she said there ain't no point you can't spray paint them you can't color them you can't dye them you can't change them you can't cut them you can't alter them some things you cannot change and it's sooner than later that you and I realize if it's in the book then it matters and take popular opinion see the line, here it is, 2 Corinthians, if you want to go there, I didn't give it to you. If you want to go there, you can. 2 Corinthians 6 and, I don't know, somewhere. Y'all can go find it. It says this, Sister Debbie. Come out from among them. 
ye separate. You can find it. That'd be great, Brother Ron. 2 Corinthians 6, but I don't remember the verse. What's the landmark for? It was the line telling the world we're not of you. And we're in the church now going, come on, let's be friends. Let's be BBTs or what's that? BBFs. BLT is all I know. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Come on, baby. All this BBFing. Friends. Let's be friends. Let's hang out. But you see, here's the thing in the Word. It makes us diabolically, when you put your foot in it, the church, it immediately separated something from you. When I went down in the water, Sister Christine, it just didn't take away my sins. I believe that God cuts away a part of the orla, the foreskin of the heart. He cuts it away. And when he cuts it away, there's something new and tender there for God to impregnate. In other words, when I come up out of the water, I don't act the same way I act. I don't talk the same way I talk. Come on, where's my apostolic old-time Pentecostals? When I came up out of the water, something changed. That's a landmark that can't ever be removed. It don't matter how fancy. No matter how fancy we get with cameras, talking to you boy light shows the landmark is what separates us you, you know the landmarks hero is the one our God Jesus name baptism holy separation what about this one miracles miracles Here's what keeps my landmark in place, Sister Gail. When it looks like it's impossible and their heart is as hard as stone and they'll never change, my landmark preaches back to me and says, uh-uh, I don't care how hard they are. The landmark of prayer works. The landmark of sacrifice works. The landmark of worship works. It doesn't matter how hard they are. The landmark of preach the message when you're in the, oh, my God. You say, well, what do I do in the valley? Look at your landmark. That's why this easy believism mindset that is sweeping Christianity, trying to make believism easy. And it is easy, but not when it says, pick up your cross and follow me. And if I pick up the cross, Sister Gail, I pick up all the other landmarks that are connected with the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. So when I am in that valley and the storm is raging, it doesn't matter how great the waves are. If I can reflect back on my landmark, 
it's going to preach me out of my dilemma and my depression and my hope. Don't you remember David? He said, I will remember Psalms 126. I remember the days of creation. What was David trying to say? I'm in a valley and I don't know what to do. But in the middle of the valley, my mind goes back to the landmark of deliverance. The landmark of deliverance says, it doesn't matter though my enemies rise up against me. God is going to be for me. I wanted to teach. Brother Smith, I just get so excited. I'm seeing it in my head, man. I'm like having a carnival in my head. I see myself, Kyle, walking through situations. And I tell you, the phone didn't ring for somebody encouraging me, Brother Bushnell. I'm sorry. And I didn't get mad because nobody called me. I just figured, you know what? They got a life. Hello. The world don't sit around me. But you know what I did, Brother Bushnell? While I was in that valley, I, I, I shut the shades, I shut the door, and I buried my face in the carpet because I remember hearing stories about my grandfather. I remember hearing stories of recent about your father and all the sacrifices and things that was done. And those things come back to my mind and said, if those landmarks of faithfulness brought them through, then the same, uh, if the landmarks brought the first generation, Kyle, if the landmarks brought your grandmother, then the landmarks will bring you through. The same God that they served then is the same God you and I serve now. And if you can remember the landmark, it'll bring you through. Is this making sense? Because we've made, I'm not trying to make living for God hard. I'm trying to point us to what's right. Not easy believism. I've alluded to this one before, but the whole, everybody gets a trophy. That story, an Olympic gold medalist, y'all know? Because she's so good, she gets docked points. Because everybody needs to be a winner. Y'all are just. See, easy believe. Just believe, and everything's gonna be fairy telly. Don't work like that, Sister Katie. But if I can learn this one element, when the chips are down and people are against me and nothing's going like it needs to go, I can revert back to the landmark called healing. The landmark called deliverance. The landmark called miracle. He suffered a crown on his head for one reason, Brother Roger, for the healing of your mind. That's why that crown of thorn went on his head. It wasn't to make a cute picture for somebody to hang on a wall. It was for the healing of the mind. So when I'm struggling in my mind, go to the landmark that he suffered a crown of thorns. All right, this, where are we going to go, Brother Ron? Let's go to, real quickly, time. Let's go to Job 24 and 2. Because I really want to complete this tonight. Job 24 and 2. And then after that, I'll give you a heads up. I think I'm going to go to Hosea. Job 24 and 2. 
Job 24, 2. Some remove the landmarks. Watch this. They violently take away flocks and feed. You know what that just said? When the landmarks are removed, you starve. When you don't get a solid diet of the Word of God from a pulpit, a Bible study, and personal devotion, you're going to starve to death. And I've heard people say this about it. Oh, Brother Benwell, man, you really love the Word. You know what? Everybody loves Word. That's the way it should be. But I've just gotten a revelation, Brother Fontenot, that if I remove the landmark of even faithfulness of reading the Word of God, Brother Smith, something's going to get taken away. Now, we're going to starve because that's the flocks. But let, let, you know the other side of that coin, Brother Smith, was this. Their flocks represented their income. So when you move the landmark out of the way, you're going to suffer. That's why people say, well, man, I just don't give in my tithing. I don't give in an offering. We've got it so wrong. We don't pay tithe. We give tithe. Number two, you're not giving it to me. You're giving it unto the Lord according to his scripture and his word. I'll come back and teach on another day. But people that said, man, I just can't. At the end of the month, I just can't do. I, 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 I. It's a landmark. And if I don't obey the commanded landmark, you're going to be like a bag with holes in it. That's the prophet saying that. In other words, every time, I've seen it over and over, Brother Darrell. It's like air conditioner go out. No sooner it get done, the tire go out. I've seen some people wear the same pair of tires and shoes forever. He said, Benoit, you are just so crazy. That's subject to opinion. I've seen it. People's cars go further. People's things go further. Why? Because the landmark don't lie. The landmark don't change. And the God that commanded the landmark honors the landmark. And if I keep the landmark and don't remove it, there's a blessing that says, we quote it every night, I bring my tithe and offering into the storehouse, therefore you open unto me the blessings of heaven. God's saying to us, if we keep the landmarks in place and hold to what we know is true, that's why I keep saying over and over, revival's got to happen. As long as you got the landmarks in place. You say, well, now come on, let's talk about personalities. Really? The Holy Ghost takes care of that. If I stay full of the Holy Ghost, Brother Sean, I'm going to love you like I need to love you. The Holy Ghost is the landmark that, I'm saying, the landmarks take care of everything. Come on, Brother Ron, let's, let's rock on. I'm going to get bogged now. What, what did I tell you? What you want next? What did I tell you? Yeah, go there. That's good. Let's go to Hosea. Hosea 5 and 10. And then I'm going to go to Isaiah 57 and then I'm going to quit. <clears throat> this story here with Hosea, that was a recent Bible reading. But let me just give you just real quick, just in a nutshell. The princes of Judah rose up. It's about 700 B.C. Assyrians have already carried off Israel. And now Judah's left, Brother Daryl. And the leaders of Judah rise up. Hosea. Hosea 5 and 10. And the Judah, princes of Judah, rise up. And here's what they start doing. They start removing the landmarks. 
Now, I'm not going to go through it tonight. I'll let you go home and study it. They remove the bound. And therefore, I will pour my wrath. Here's what happened, brother. Fontenot, they, the line was meant in this text and the landmark, brother Daryl, to declare, hear, O Israel, the Lord's one. Because they were facing pagan worshipers of Baal. The world. Multiple gods. And the landmark said, so as apostolics, here's what you and I need to do. That we hold the landmark of the oneness closer. Because I don't find him doing this in other cases. This is the only one I find. And it's over. Hero Israel, the Lord our God's one. If there's anything you and I need to hold tighter and get a revelation of, it's there's only one Lord. Because if I get a revelation of one God, everything else falls into place. Last one, Brother Ron. Isaiah 57 and 1. I close. Musicians, y'all go ahead and come. Please. Oh, yeah, Isaiah. Okay, the righteous perish, and no man layeth unto heart. Be merciful. You ever wondered why good, godly, righteous men are taken too early? There's scripture for why. Brother Ewan, 69 years old. These men were not old. I mean... That's 69. That's young, in my opinion. The scripture says, The righteous perish and no man lay it to heart, and merciful men are taken away. Why? Men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away for the evil that is to come. What it's saying is, is that their righteousness and the landmarks that they have in their life because of the impending evil that's coming their way. God takes them. No one seems to realize that God is taking them away from the evil days that are ahead. One translation says it like this, righteous men perish. They're very pious, but God takes them away and no one understands why God takes men away prematurely because of the unrighteousness or the evil they could not see this even in Jesus think about it he was 34 years old approximately young why the righteousness it all parallels together so I close with this last statement the landmarks of living righteous Isaiah 57 it matters how you and I live how we act but here's the we're living in a time. Sister Debbie, I've never seen it. Y'all are probably seeing it. You and Sister June, Sunday school teachers, kids. If we don't keep the landmarks clean, weeds are going to grow. Real simple analogy. No big revelation. But you know what our battle right now is? And even the church, we're battling the weeds of things that should have been dealt with a long time ago. So here's what I'm proposing. What do you say tonight? We can't use Roundup no more. But we can pull the weeds out of our community and people that are connected to us through prayer, 
and seeking the face of God. That when that heart, hear me, when that heart gets ready to turn to God, they don't have to fight through the weeds of a church not in unity, of a church at odds, at a group of people that are disgruntled. Let's pull every weed away. And that when they walk in that back door, it's very easy for them to see. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God's one Lord. You got to baptize in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Miracle signs and wonders are for you tonight. That when that's declared from a pulpit, there ain't no weeds that they got to fight through. But they can look at that landmark and say, hey, it worked for this one, it worked for that one, it'll work for me. Stand with me. I was short winded tonight. Says Claudia, that's going to cost you another pie. <laughs> that going to cost you another pie. If you want me to pray for you tomorrow. I really tried to condense it. I feel this lesson tonight, this message, is the foundational precursor to what I feel the Holy Ghost is fixing to launch us into. We're going to get into some Bible study stuff that I think a lot of people is asking questions. I've already had some young couples asking some of these questions. And uh, Lord's willing, when I get back in two weeks, if the Lord's willing, if he's willing, I'm going to get right back into it, scuba tank and all. And we're going to see what the Lord says about it. I really believe if it's in the book, it's there for a reason. And we don't have to run from it, from our young people, our young couples, and all this kind of stuff. Now, there's a few things, I get it. There's some things that are lines, and then there's some things that are commands. We're going to define both and talk about it. Are you ready for to see what God's going to do in the next few weeks and months? August is going to be an interesting month. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel some direction for August. The end of the month, the kids are going back to school. I think the 13th, 14th, something like that. And I want us to, uh, we're going to go on a three-day fast, probably towards the end of August. And uh, so I want you to be praying about that and, and, and maybe gearing up and training the stomach or whatever we got to do and uh, to go on a three-day fast as a church. And uh, we're going to get ready for this last quarter of the year. And uh, again, I believe God operates in increments of time. And I just, I feel it. I feel it. I feel this is something we need to do. And uh, God's going to help us and something's going to happen from it. If you're ready for whatever God has, I want you to lift your hands. Or better yet, why don't you step out of that pew? Let's all come to the front together as a family. I just think it feels good to be together at the altar. It just wouldn't be church if we didn't close at the altar. I think you and I have been around church long enough. We got a lot of new people. They they got an earful tonight. But a lot of our home folk, we know what landmarks are. What do you say tonight? Just in closing this service, lift our hands and let's just thank God for the landmarks. Let's thank Him for the things that He's given us. Come on, God's put together a great army in Indian Village. There's an army in the spirit that's backing us, and there's an army of people that God's calling from the north, south, east, and the west. They're coming. They're coming. Bible study teachers, praisers, and worshipers, outreach. They're coming. God's going to give us a great harvest. God, we love you tonight.
heart just for a few more minutes. Give him your heart in thanksgiving and praise. Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Come on, lock your heart and your mind on him right now. Lock your heart on him. David said, my heart is fixed on thee, O Lord. It's immovable. in the landmarks our inheritance is in the landmarks our next generation There's a scripture in Psalms says, praise declares to the next generation. When you praise, Sister Whitney, lift your hands unfettered, it declares a landmark message to River and to Hannah. You don't have to teach them the Bible study, just you doing it will keep them saved and in church. Oh, I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Turn to somebody, greet them in the name of the Lord. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord. Shake somebody's hand. 